coming to you live from Race City, USA. It's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates, and Travis Sherrill. Back again for another episode of Blind Spotting. It is episode number 19. Can you believe it? Yes, 19. Here we are. And we are so excited for that. We've got a great episode for you tonight. We've got a great interview on tap. We have got Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the Wood Brothers Ford number 21. Matty D is going to be on with us tonight. We have been really, really looking forward to this. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Seems like he's going to be a a great interview. We've been anticipating this for a long time. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, for all the other listens of all our other episodes. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a great run for us and we're enjoying it and hope that you're enjoying it. After the interview with Matt, we're going to do a little, just kind of a review of what happened in Atlanta this past weekend and we're going to do a preview of the Bristol Dirt Races coming up this weekend. So stay tuned, stick around for that right after the interview, but uh, we're not going to put this off any longer. Let's get right to it. Our interview with Matt De Benedetto. Hey, now when you walk into the ring with the number one heavyweight of the world, you'll be ready, won't you? Why? Because I waited for 50 years to make you ready. You'll be able to spit nails, kid. Like the guy says, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder. You're gonna become a very dangerous person. All right, we are here with Matt DiBenedetto, and we are so, so happy to have him. We appreciate Matt joining us this evening. Very excited to have him with us. He is the driver of the number 21 Wood Brothers machine, and uh, a lot of fans out there, Matt, and uh, know your time is of the essence. So thank you so much for being on Blind Spotting with us tonight, Matt. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad to be on. Well, I'm going to start off with, and we'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. So, uh, I want to address something that everyone wants to know, and our listeners probably expect us to ask you. Uh, I know you get tired of this one, but just humorous, uh, if you don't mind. How much can you actually deadlift? <laughs> <laughs> oh man starting off with the serious question yes, but, yeah. <laughs> yes. See, this is the fun stuff uh you know that's a good question because i feel like i never really try and you know i train smart i don't ever try and be like oh i'm gonna try and pr and you know i'm more about train for longevity right and quality of life but um i would say not long ago i uh Actually, over, why should I say not long ago, it was last year sometime, um, I decided, I was like, I'm going to build to a heavier single that feels like 90%, maybe nothing too crazy. And it was 440. Wow. Um, oh, my. And, okay. I, and I still had a good a good bit left in the tank for sure. I'd say probably another 30, 40 pounds um, at least. But my uh, my friends that were with me, they're like, you got way more in the tank. Keep going. I was like, no, nah, that was good enough. <laughs> That's good enough, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. We were. I was noticing on the uh, on the broadcast this past week. They they've got the caricatures this week for everybody, and on yours, <laughs> they were talking about you. And on yours, you've got th- these biceps are about to bust out of the 
out of your out of your racing suit. It's definitely uh, something they took some. I would not not liberty with. I mean, obviously you're a guy that that likes to work out and be physically fit, but uh, that's definitely noticeable on on, on their drawings. So we just uh, I wanted to ask you uh, if we wanted to get ripped like you, man. What's what's the best way to go, <laughs> go about that? You don't have to answer. Actually, let me rephrase that. So if you're standing. Um, on pit road at Bristol this weekend, and it's after the race, and maybe somebody's just got your dander stirred up. About how far do you think you could throw them <laughs> into the grandstand? Yeah, we're going to be sitting in turn three, <laughs> we so will you be can there. throw yes. them to us, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll take em. care of them for you. <laughs> but, well, that's a, see, that's what I train for is uh, just in case that rainy day ever happens, uh, I have that little bit of strength and maybe the intimidation factor. Uh, I hear you, man. I, I hopefully plays to my strength. <laughs> Well, thanks for having a little fun with us. Well, we we appreciate you having a little fun with us there to kick things off. Um, so let me move into this one. In in, in preparation for this interview, um, we did listen to your podcast and specifically the interview that you did with your dad Tony, and which was a great episode, by the way. Uh, he touches a bit on the story of how you became interested in and fell in love with with racing and how how your how you began your career. Etc. I know we don't have a, a ton of time this evening, but if you don't mind, could you? The story is just so interesting uh, to us and to so many other people. Can you kind of give us the the nuts and bolts of that story? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, uh, and like I said, if I cut out, I'm I'm driving right now, so just interject. No worries. <laughs> Doing this on the road. Um, so no, it, it would actually happen um, when I was. So I, my dad was big into baseball. And uh, that was his passion. He coached the scouting league for the Mets. And, and mm-hmm. so really, and he liked cars. Uh, you know, he had a passion for cars and building cars when he was young. And he drag raced a little bit just for fun, but nothing, you know, nothing really serious. But uh, so we were, I played little league baseball. And, but we, he, when I was five years old, he was, uh, I was sitting with both my parents. My dad's flipping through the channels and he passes by NASCAR. And I made him go back to it, and mm-hmm. I, I and I still quote to this day. He said, "What the hell do you want to watch that for?" <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I made him go back to it and watched it, and and I immediately picked out that I liked the number ninety nine Excite Batteries car. Oh yeah, Burton. Yeah, Burton. Mm-hmm. Burton. Yep. Yeah, I just you know as a kid, I thought it was a really pretty, cool looking car, the black, purple, and blue, and um, so I picked it out. He was my favorite driver from the first race I ever watched, and then uh, I made my parents start watching it every single week sunday i'd sit down i was ready and uh, they couldn't believe it you know so then um and i rode four wheelers and dirt bikes i got a um i got a, a little quad when i was five years old for my birthday and i was wide open <laughs> on it um and and would you know scare scare my uh, my folks just because i was i mean i took to it and had a natural inclination to you know be really good at anything that involved having an engine so uh, <laughs> and when and when uh we my dad was doing um the, he coached our little league baseball team and when we were doing the little you know trophy ceremony at the end of the season or whatever he called me up and was like this is uh, my little Jeff Gordon, uh, you know, yep. Matt is my little Jeff Gordon. He likes baseball, but loves racing. And then it just so happened that one of the uh, kids on the little league team, they raced at cycle land speedway on California, uh, weekly. Um, and, uh, so they, when they heard the, my dad say that, they're like, Hey, come, you know, we race at a dirt track out here. Come, come check it out one week. And if he loves racing that much. And so, uh, went out there and that was it the rest was uh, the rest was history it's amazing how 
how all that the, the story and how it how that one little thing changed the whole trajectory of our entire lives. Yeah, it is, and you know everybody seems to have one of those interesting stories, and it's never what you think quite think it is, but it's just it's it's almost like it was meant to be. You're just kind of watching TV that day, flipping through channels, and boom, there it is. That's that's what you were meant to see that day. So that's cool. Thank you for for sharing that that beginning, and we know that you guys ultimately made a decision to move. To Hickory and, and listening to the interview with your dad and, and it, people were telling him you need to be close to Charlotte and uh, you guys ended up in, in Hickory. I think it was halfway between, he mentioned Waynesville and he kind of just picked something in between, not really knowing that the famed uh, Hickory Speedway was there and then you had a, had a great run there and very successful career. At, at hickory yeah that's the funny part is when we were we were looking and, and we were kind of ready uh my my folks were ready to get out of california anyways and ready for a change um and so so it was you know a good time even aside from the race and like all right you know we need to, to get out everyone say in north carolina so for for racing and trying to pursue it and really i mean if i'm being honest we were just uh we were just naive enough <laughs> to, <laughs> well, to yeah. this whole journey so it played to our strength that we just we, we were just naive enough to tackle the journey and move across country. So we, everyone was telling us, North, you know, North Carolina is NASCAR country. So we, we came out here and, um, before we came out, we were looking, they opened up a map and people were like, Oh, you know, how about Asheville? And, and then how about, uh, Mooresville? And that's where a lot of stuff is. And Asheville was too far away from everything. Mooresville was too busy. My dad was like, well, there's got to be somewhere that's kind of in between, <laughs> maybe, you know, a happy medium, and just pointed the finger on the map in between and was like, hmm, how about Hickory? Yeah. And I said, oh, I like the sound of that. And yeah. uh, I was, you know, I was young. I like the sound of that. And so we, uh, yeah, flew across the country to, to check it out. And, and then we learned about Hickory Motor Speedway and, and knew pretty much uh, nothing about it. But we, uh, yeah, so we pretty much, and then we learned all the history. We're like, oh my gosh, this Dale right. Earnhardt, Dale Jarrett, and all, right. you know, all the stuff <laughs> yeah. that race there. And we learned all the history. I mean, that's how, uh, I mean, I don't have a better word, I guess, than naive. <laughs> that's well, how, you know, kind of naive we were to it all. And it's just amazing how it all worked out. Yeah. Well, we're glad you guys made the decision. I think the sport's better off for having you in it. I mean, we, we really enjoy watching race and, and we're certainly not alone in that. So thanks for walking us through that. Um, kind of to, to follow up with that, Matt, you both in that interview talk about no one really having an idea of what you guys had gone through and how that leads to the emotion that we see from you sometimes. Uh, interestingly uh, to us, you know, some of your toughest moments at the track seem to win you the most fans because that emotion is just so palpable and you aren't afraid to show that side of, of yourself uh, and that that part of who you are you kind of wear it on your sleeve and, and people love that can you tell us a little bit about what we may not understand and, and where does that seeming it seems to us that natural comfort and showing emotion where does that come from and how do you feel about the i guess for lack of a better word the the duality of coming up you know, just short sometimes, and and what comes to mind is Bristol a few years ago, and then last year at Talladega. I mean, oh my goodness, I I can't remember the last time I got up out of my seat watching at home, and pulling for you. I mean, it was just, I mean, and I, I we were all on the edge of our seats and want you to pull it off, and then clearly after the race, you know, you were just, it it was meant so much to you. Can you tell us where that comes from? And again. You know, how do you, what do you think about that duality of your toughest moments sometimes garnering, garnering you 
the adoration of of so many fans in those same moments. That's you know that's the uh, the crazy thing is that it's so hard. I always laugh and, and joke and tell people, man, I feel like I have to write a book on this uh, on my story for people to even to understand what we've gone through as a family and the heartache and and thinking that my career was over time after time after time. I mean, I mean literally. I, not 10, not 20, I don't, not 30 times. I mean, it, it's, it's countless uh, amounts of time. So, and that's where, but it's also made us, you know, that's where it makes you so appreciative. It's humbled us to a level that I, I couldn't explain to people. I'm just uh, different amounts of heartache going all the way back to when I came home from high school and, you know, we had to sell our truck, trailer, race cars, every piece of racing equipment we had. You know, because mm-hmm. it was beyond our means. Um, and then the countless times through, I mean, throughout my whole career where it, it was, you know, I thought it was over and over. And then fast forwarding all the way to that moment at Bristol. I mean, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know if my career was over again, you know, right. after all this or in the Cup Series and, you know, we're having success. And then I'm, you know, again, uh, have nothing. I mean, not a thing lined up. And, and, and uh, then we go to, Bristol and all I could think is, I mean, we were so down. My wife's crying every day. I mean, we've been through so much heartache um, and, and, but also so appreciative of every, you know, every opportunity I've gotten. But then uh, that, that moment was, was one I'll never, none of, you know, my family and I'll never forget because it was one of the worst, worst weeks of my life. <laughs> there have mm-hmm. been many of them mm-hmm. in this business and industry. That was one of them where, my wife's crying every single day. We're leading up to a track and place that I know is, you know, great for us. But, um, you know, and my, I, my, I couldn't even hardly talk to my parents because they're so devastated. And I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't even sleep every day. I mean, it was just you name it, all that. And then we uh, go to that race and then have the biggest heartache of my mm. entire life on top of all that. Mm-hmm. And I just was speechless and couldn't even get out words but then also i get out and i'm like i don't even i I, i'm i'm numb mentally numb i have nothing and then our family's the same way we just don't even know what to feel and then um when they come to interview me the whole crowd the whole the entire place starts screaming and cheering Mm -hmm. Uh, and and honestly (laughs) i mean i'm so out of it I thought there, I thought there was a fight or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I look around and I'm like, what's going on? And and then I realized it was for us. And then I, I really pretty, I mean, I try not to be too mm-hmm. emotional, but I just broke down, you know? And I was like, I can't even, I don't even know what to do or say and struggled through the interview. Um, and, but looking back on it afterwards, kind of like you were talking about, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, as tough as that one was to, to swallow it it really was you know probably the oh i'm you know to adding that i'm talking about it my wife's sitting next to me she's driving me right now and she's tearing (laughs) up just hearing it is that uh, i don't know painful is the right word it's really hard to even to even go back to and relive but um it was also a really special moment that i was like you know everything in my career has happened for a reason um, and it's, it's all been meant to be everything. If I had control of everything that's happened or I, if I would have had control of everything, in my career, I'd have screwed it all up. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's all, there's been so much that's had to happen out of our control. And that day was something that we'll, uh, we'll never forget. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking us back down that road again, Matt. And, 
and we were like we said we were in that crowd and and we were I, and I'm it's I, I'm getting there myself I remember just the just feeling we all felt that with you and um, you know a lot of people came became Maddie D fans that day that that were not and um, but thanks for taking us back to that day. I know, I know well, that and, was tough. And Rocky and almost that. pulled it off. Rocky almost pulled it off. Almost pulled it off. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. That that was a cool uh, element to it too, which was neat. You know, my dad had to remind me afterwards. You know, he, we were all like, don't know what to feel, but then the, honestly, the crowd, the fans are what changed. You know, that's what. Well, one kind of a mix of broke us down, but also was heartwarming and mm-hmm. and made it all really special. But uh, my dad had to remind me of the story. Uh, about Rocky of, you know, the, the defeat, um, that, you know, yes. before, before, uh, the victory. So he's like, Hey, this, maybe this is all just part of this. Our story has been crazy all along the sure. way and it's all just meant to be. He's like, so it's part of the journey. Right. Matt, what's it like driving for the Wood Brothers? I've heard numerous drivers say that driving for them is one of the best things that's ever happened to them in their career. So what is that like? I mean, they're one of the most legendary teams in the sport. Oh man, it's it's. I mean, it's hard for me to even explain to to people. The only the best way I can put it is that when you drive for the Wood Brothers, you are part you are part of their family for life. Hmm. Um, and we and I feel like we have a lot in common. They are the abs- They're people that you're when you're around them, you talk to them, and you're a part of their group and they're part of their family. And they make you want to be a better human. This is completely separate from the the race team and the racing side of it. They're just such amazing people that they make you strive to be better as a person. And that's a special element. They, uh, Nancy Wood texts me before every single race, like a very encouraging message. They're all, I mean, they all are family. They, uh, Nancy talks to, they, they talk to, um, you know, to my wife, Taylor, and you know, whether it's to keep her calm or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah, it be, yeah. you know, they're just, it's a, it's a family. It's so, it's such a different element. So that, that part is cool and incredible, but also, and then, you know, of course, I, I no need to talk about the history of the 21 car that everybody knows that part is crazy. Even, you know, every time I hop in, I'll, people have asked this and I'm like, I'm telling you, and maybe also due to, you know, kind of my path to get here, that's been very humbling. But every time that I hop in the 21, I'm telling you every single race week, there's never a time that goes by where I don't look at it and think, man, that's cool that my name's <laughs> mm-hmm. on a 21. Cause I'm a, I'm a fan of NASCAR at the end of the day. I mean, I've been, a, that's how I got here is I just was a fan as a kid and loved racing and loved NASCAR. And so the history of the 21 team, that, that part was always super special. And then the last part of it would, would be that you get so invested in driving for the wood, the wood brothers and the, and being part of that family is, uh, I, you know, last year when I wasn't sure, you know, if I was going to be able to return to the 21 or what was going on, you know, there's a lot of people involved from Ford and team Penske, uh, the woods, you know, there's a lot of parties involved. So when I wasn't sure, uh, you know, and they have Austin Cindric and, you know, a lot of things going on and, you know, obviously the woods wanted me in the car badly. We're all very invested in each other, but it's a lot of people going into the decision-making I had, you know, I ended up getting some phone calls, uh, where I could have possibly had some opportunities for maybe some, you know, longer term, uh, deals with, you know, other, uh, other teams and things that, um, was, was definitely enticing, but I'm telling you, you're so invested in that 
family and wanting to get the hundredth win for the woods that mm-hmm. I would sacrifice everything mm-hmm. to do it. And mm-hmm. I was, and I, that's all I wanted was to drive the 21 car again for this year and, and desperately want to get that hundredth win and to keep on and to drive another year in that car. Cause that's uh, special and something that, you know, I'll remember forever. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Wood Brothers are a single car operation, but a lot of people, a lot of things you read, a lot of things you hear say that they're basically a a fourth de facto Penske car. What is that alliance like and how does that help you guys perform on a week in and week out basis? Yeah, it's really a perfect deal for, for us and for the, for the Wood Brothers having the alliance with team Penske because you know how it works is is team Penske is they haven't really done that in the past you know like uh, alliances or you know like kind of like you see with RCR and uh, different team or Gibbs that do those types of deals Penske's kind of been you know they're pretty kind of their own type of deal and and I don't know the best way to to put it but they haven't really done that type of thing before and, and it worked out really well when Ford and the Woods and all paired up with uh you know got the woods paired up with team penske because they don't team penske does everything all out and has to be perfect and uh roger penske is this you know obviously everyone knows how he operates and so uh the way that they took it on from a competition side was really neat so we do operate kind of like a a fourth penske car i guess i mean we are a single car team but as far as the competition side and equipment i mean it's really good we get you know great cars you know from the team penske side uh, and I'm in the meetings with them, uh, with Brad, Ryan, and Joey, and the crew chiefs, and also we're all in the same meetings, um, sharing information so I can, you know, we can see what they have, you know, setup wise. So we're all, and and you know, also uh, from their side, they they want us to be as competitive as possible and to be giving us good equipment and a great alliance because then we. Um, and myself and our team can also help contribute and learn different things. And if we run a little different setup or I run a little, you know, different shock at some places, this and that, um, you know, it's also helpful so we can contribute and, and help back to team Penske as well. And the big elephant in the room per se is your, one of your favorite tracks is Bristol, but they're doing something to it this weekend. They're covering it with dirt. What do you think about it? What do you expect as race fans? What can we expect? Man, I think it could, uh, some people were like, oh man, they're covering your favorite place in dirt. Are you, are you bummed? I'm like, shoot, no, it could be even better. I grew up racing dirt. Ride your wheelhouse. Maybe it'll be extra special. Uh, so, uh, so no, I think it's actually fun. I, I think the way I would describe what I would guess the racing would be. I mean, we've seen the trucks race at Eldora, so, um, you know, that's, but Bristol is going to be a much different track. You know, it's, we're basically going to be like high horsepowered street stocks going around there <laughs> would be my best description. But I think, I think we have the ability to put on the best show. Uh, I mean, there've been a lot of great races there at the, you know, late models and all the dirt cars that have been running there. But I think our stuff might be the most entertaining because we are a big, heavy stock car. That's not really a dirt car going around there. That's kind of be basically like drive kind of like a street stock with 750 horsepower and all of us sliding around and not going super fast. Um, could put on uh, by far the best racing. Well, we hope so. We're going to be there this weekend. And, you know, speaking of your season to date, you know, first couple of weeks at at Daytona were were tough, right? A lot of it not of your own doing, right? You get caught up in a wreck. That's common sometimes in the 500. And then tire mishap on the road course. But since then, you guys have been moving up every week better than the last. 
What's the mood like within the team? I mean, you know, you're knocking on the door of the top 10. You're starting to get some of that consistency, improving your finishes every week. Uh, what's the mood like in the team? And, and you know, where do you think you might be? Where are you looking? Where are you circling on the calendar and saying, hey, besides Bristol or, or maybe Vegas, where could we get that win? Yeah, actually, the, the mood and, and all of our team is super good so it's been really good honestly just even even from the start because uh you know a lot because the things that have happened have been out of our control (laughs) right so right so it's so it's been nothing that's got us down or been like oh you know i'm you know we're i'm I'm bummed or we're off on speed or this or that it's just it was just really just kind of crap circumstances (laughs) so nothing that got us uh down to start the season and then you know we knew once we got rolling we had you know we have the team we have the notes all the time together from last year uh, that we built on all those tools to be super successful so um, none of that was really ever concerned and then we go to vegas and a track that we knew we're good at have another you know we had a fast car we're probably gonna finish around seventh or so and then have the air gun break and i'm like my god what else can happen to us you know and but it seems like that we've kind of gotten that monkey off our back now and are getting that all turned around and we have good you know good car speed team and then to answer your question um i think right now we're actually in the mid right in the stretch of racetracks that i circled off and looked forward to the most and mm-hmm. thought would be some of our ones for our best opportunity to uh to possibly snag a win if it's going to happen obviously a lot of things have to line up well for that to happen on top of us being perfect as a team having to be perfect but uh, you know, Bristol dirt, I think is going to be a cool opportunity. The, sh- the short tracks are great for us. So we got that right. Martinsville, Martinsville, Richmond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, any of those places, uh, I think are ones that I've really had circled off and been pretty excited for because our cars are really, really good on short tracks. Well, if you can do it at Bristol or Martinsville, we're going to be at both of those. We'd really appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that would, yeah, you just do for us. We appreciate. It. Thank you. Oh, just a yeah, couple. That would, that would be not a bad gift. To no, you guys. that'd be no, yeah. That'd be great. We'll we'll be happy to sign the grand the grandfather clock. Uh, just a couple more questions, Matt. We know your you know family time and that cuts off, and we appreciate your your time. Oh, you're fine. Um, the pandemic has been obviously difficult on on. I think NASCAR has done one of the most admirable jobs of figuring out how to run last year and of course into this year, but. I think 29 of the shows this year are one-day shows. I mean, this will be the first time you guys have practice in some type of qualifying, I think, all year except for Daytona. How does that work with you guys? I mean, is that – do you spend more time in the sim? Are you guys going over – you and your crew chief and the you know the team engineers going over a lot more data? I mean, how has that changed your life in the last year? I never uh... – <laughs> We definitely tested how much we can adapt as a sport, which is <laughs> for sure incredible. <laughs> so I'd say – uh, looking at the positives of it, that was actually a, a cool part of it was that, I mean, really our sport did an incredible job and there were honestly no hiccups too. You always expect the worst, I guess. <laughs> and everything has been smooth. They've done a really good job. The whole sport's adapted. And we also learned how much time we were wasting before. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we've it cut back costs. So there was a lot of actually benefits. Uh, that came out all of this stuff that that were good and good for the future of our sport. Learning what we can do, learning how good the teams are, the technology, the simulation, all that stuff. So, so that stuff was good. I'd say we, uh, from a preparation side, you know, really uh, for the road courses, I use the heck out of the simulator. Mm-hmm. But um, on the ovals, 
I think it can kind of sometimes help you and sometimes hurt you. So uh, don't put too much emphasis on that. I'd say for the oval stuff in these show up and race deals, the, the teams, we have a notebook together from for last year, which is really nice. Uh, so we have, so we have, you know, a lot of things to base off of from last year. So that really is a big advantage for us that we learned so much from sure. last year and know where our cars need to be. And then, um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm trying to, you know, from a preparation side, more virtual stuff. So that's a little different, but we've kind of settled into a rhythm. So honestly showing up to the racetrack and just racing, firing off green flag. I don't even think about it anymore. It's like, I mean, I, I almost forget about the fact that we don't even have don't practice. practice. become so normal. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I never would have thought of that. Well, I got, I got one last question. In preparing for this interview, we we saw something that, that's near and dear to my heart about you, and that's that you enjoy pulling pranks on your wife, and so do I. And I was curious, uh, and if, if that's wrong, let me know, but I read a couple of nope. things about that. Do, do you have one that's sort of like, and I know she's in the car, so maybe that changes the answer, but do you have sort of the, what's the, what's the what was the one that you just went, yes, that was perfection? Oh, you know, uh, yeah, there was one that definitely, <laughs> I don't think I can ever beat was that she is, uh, man, people are going to think I'm a jerk. Uh, <laughs> she is petrified of snakes. Oh, I mean, no. like oh. more than your average person for sure. And so I, uh, have a fake rubber snake, that, uh, I decided it would be a good idea. I happened to open the mailbox and I was like, man, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh no. There's a snake in there. So, uh, I put the snake in the mailbox. Not only that, I put it where, when I closed it, it was like propped up, uh, against the face of the mailbox. So when oh, she opened the door, it would actually pop out at her, <laughs> not only just be in there. Mm. And so I, uh, she got home and I actually didn't, even see it i heard it from inside my house <laughs> so she opened the mailbox clearly and i it from inside the house heard her scream and our neighbors heard her scream and even asked if she was okay oh no so they didn't know what happened and they were we were all dying so i don't think i can beat that one it was pretty good that's great that's great that's the biggest thing that happened at hickory that week yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah the, uh, Poor neighbors were, uh, were, were quite concerned and, and I may have nearly given her a heart attack, but, uh, but it was, but it was, uh, totally worth it in the long run, even though she was slightly mad for a little bit. Yeah. You might've slept on the couch for a few nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's a, she's a pretty good sport. Luckily she, she just kind of knows that's, that's the way it is with me, unfortunately. Well, that's good. I, I that's, uh, that I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Travis, did you have something else for, for Matt? Matt, my final question is, can you take us behind the scenes of what it's like with free agency? Like, I know that a lot of the four major professional sports leagues, each player has an agent. But are you the guy that kind of goes out and f- feels what's out there? Or h- how does that work? Yeah, you know, I've, I think I've... Uh pretty much gotten used to free agency at this point <laughs> so i uh you know people talk about it they're like oh you know uh, is it does it worry you are you thinking about next year and you know the fact that i don't you know i don't have anything lined up for next year and i'm like man honestly i haven't even thought of it my my career path is just uh i think just made me so mentally tough that mm-hmm. at this at this point um, I'm just, I just look at it more so from, I'm just glad and lucky that I have a really good team to where I can go out and, and let the performance do the speaking for me, you know? So that's all mm-hmm. I've wanted my whole career. So that, 
that stuff doesn't really worry me. But as far as uh, how I approach it, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty self sufficient guy. Um, I like to do a lot of my own stuff. I don't like to be you know for lack of a better term babysat or mm-hmm. you know what I like to have those personal connections with with everybody in the garage and and if I'm reaching out, you know if I, if anybody anybody's reaching out about um, driving for a team I want it to be me you know I, mm-hmm. I want sure to be sure personal. hey yeah. I want to drive your race car I want to come and help and improve your team so that's kind of how I approach huh. um, how I approach that stuff and and also I've been you know I've had a lot of help along the way you know my friend chris Bybee has helped me and has a lot of connections been there from the beginning and but also you know i've i've been fortunate to make a lot of connections with everybody in the garage i mean it's cool when you know you can pick up the phone and call you know whether it's dale jr tony stewart or you know any of these any you know denny hamlin kevin harvick all these guys guys that have helped and made an impact on my career um and in and team owners and you know like uh, Richard Petty and all these people, I'm like, man, it's amazing that I have these kind of contacts. Who would have thought when I was a kid, you know, that I would have personal relationships with these people. So at this point in my career, I'm just really, really lucky that I know, you know, most everybody in the garage area and all the teams, and team owners and managers and people. And I like to develop those connections myself um, and from a personal side. So uh, yeah, when it comes time to figuring out what's going on for next year, you know, really right now, it's just, I haven't even thought about uh, that stuff at all but um you know just letting the performance and and all mm-hmm, do the mm-hmm. talking for us and go out there and kick butt and do everything we can for our 21 this team this year and hopefully get the 100th win and go kick a lot of butt but when it comes uh you know time for those talks for next year and stuff i like to uh to do that stuff on my own well that's and that's i actually wasn't expecting that answer i figured you know and it's it, that's refreshing I, I wouldn't say and i could be wrong in saying this i wouldn't say that many guys probably approach it that way they have other people that may do that for them but it may not you may not be a rarity but then again you you may be a, a lot do a lot of guys do it the same way you do or are you kind of doing that uh you're, you're one of the few that, that do that you know I, I think it's kind of a mixed bag uh i think a lot of drivers um you know are, are what people ask me a lot like oh you know what what drivers do you not like or this or that or you know what's and try and get some dirt on some of them like you know <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you as a whole most of the drivers are very real people mm-hmm. like most mm-hmm. of them are just good real people who are relatable they go home they have normal lives with their families and you know they're yeah. it's they don't live crazy elaborate lifestyles for the most part i mean you know they're very a lot of the drivers are very relatable people so i think um it would be a mixed bag you know mm-hmm. I, maybe i'm on the extreme uh mm-hmm. end of of being the, the self-sufficiency side probably but uh no it that's just kind of uh how i've always like to handle those, you know, type of things, uh, being pretty self-sufficient and, yeah. and, uh, mostly on my own. Well, that's, that seems to fit your personality. And then again, going back to the interview that you did with your dad, it sounds like you guys are just very you know, appreciative and thankful for, you know, to have, have this opportunity. And he, he, he talks about that several times in the interview, how it's just amazing that, you know, you grew up watching these guys and now you get to interact with them and you're, you're in that uh, garage area with them on pit road with them. It's just, you know, everything at this point would be is, is just icing on the cake or a cherry on the top. And, and it sounds like that's something he's definitely passed down t- to you. And I imagine your siblings as well. And that's, it's ref- again, it's refreshing to, to hear that a- as your approach to all this. And, and we appreciate you answering 
that question very much. Um, Andrew, did you have another question for Matt? No, I think we, we've already run a little past your time, Matt, so we appreciate that. I, I was just going to ask if there was anything you wanted to plug other than Not Another Racing Podcast, your Twitter. Is there anything <laughs> else you're working on, you know, sponsor stuff? Not that we have the biggest audience in the world, but anything we can do for you, we'd be happy to pass it along. No, that's, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, everyone knows my uh, folks that make this all go around for me the you know um, motorcraft quick lane ford menards all right. our vendor partners uh, mm-hmm. and which a lot of them i have to give a special shout out to uh, uh with working with menards is you know it's been cool but we're building a house um so those uh, <laughs> so actually it's been cool to that i can instead of you know just rattling off your sponsors and be like oh you know the menards and dutch boy or richmond water heaters or insulation right. mm-hmm. you know for mustang ball ball without really having an invested interest in their product i do because i'm using them all for our house <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's it's really cool that you know like not only just because they're on our race cars but when it comes to like you know, like hey it's cool i can actually passionately talk about these guys because we're building a house and you know, i want the best stuff in my house that i know is going to work and keep our house warm or yeah. The water hot or you right. know, the, Absolutely. the paint looking good for stuff that's pretty freaking important so uh <laughs> so yeah we're using all those folks so that's good that you know appreciate for for all them and all the vendor partners from menards and uh shoot and barbell apparel i know people hear me talk about them a lot they're great friends of mine they don't like you know pay me to do any ads or any of that stuff they're just friends of mine and i wear the clothing so gosh i'm forgetting some uh, i should be able to just rattle all this stuff off um and By speaking point, of your house, kind of you know, um, you, you mentioned you guys were building a house, and your dad's playing a big role in that, and he kind of he's maybe kind of the general contractor role on on the house. Is that is that what I heard in the interview you did with him? Yeah, yeah, actually, he is. He built his house. Oh, um, neat. Him at my parents' house. He built it uh, back in two thousand eight and nine. And, um, so yeah, he's, uh, and he's, you know, done, he's super good with that stuff and he's done, uh, you know, remodels, a bunch of different stuff over the years. Yeah. And he's, he's another guy who's very self-sufficient, hardworking. And so right. he, um, yeah, he's doing an amazing job. He's the GC for our, uh, for our house build and he's been out there every day and wanting it to be perfect. Uh, so he's yeah. out there every day, start to finish. He's pretty much lived out there and it's, uh, <laughs> we're on the home stretch now. So we're yeah. getting it, uh, we're on the paint and trim side right now so it's uh we're getting close well that's terrific that's going to be just make living in the house so much more meaningful for you for you and your family you know for years to come that's really a cool thing that that you guys are doing together um other than you know uh the house and my, this is my last question matt and we're, we're gonna let you go um what what is matt de Benedetto like off the track what are your interests you know other than being the arnold schwarzenegger of nascar uh, and I know that you are um, uh, passionate about animals, and you have a dog named Brian, and I believe he was named off of a TV show. I want to was it Family Guy? Is the Brian from Family Guy? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I thought. It, so, what else interests you off the track? What are some things that kind of you like to get into away from the track? Well, it's funny you talk about Brian. I'm literally uh, petting him right now, and he's in my <laughs> face. So, uh, yeah, definitely animals. Uh, we we uh, um, adopted Brian from our local animal rescue, and uh, they found him and his brothers and sisters and mom um, all under an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. And so they, they found him, um, and they fostered uh, them and, and found them all good homes. And we, you know, we... Brian was, we could tell he was super cool and chill as a puppy. And so we got him and then 
Uh, I do these uh, videos, cameo videos that people can book and request videos from me and, uh, you know, a birthday shout outs or whatever it may be. And, um, and we donate all the money uh, to our animal rescue. So every win we raised uh, last year, how much did we raise? Like uh, my, my wife's standing here. It was at least 15 grand or something. Oh, wow. wow. That's impressive. Um, and that's a yeah, lot of time so, to do those cameos. I mean, it's not just 10 cents, right? I mean, you have to invest in that. That's a lot of time and, and effort to be able to give people a, a meaningful experience, right? You know, so that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, I've, I've done tons and tons of them, <laughs> but it's cool because it makes it exciting because and we know that it's going to something. And, you know, also one, it's connecting with fans, which is neat. Um, and then also it's going toward you know, a great cause as well. So that's something we're passionate about. And then aside from that, uh, I have a huge car passion aside from racing and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really, really, really big into street cars. So, uh, I, I have a bad addiction. That's for sure. I'm <laughs> sitting here in the garage, uh, looking at my, as my company car, uh, I have a, a Mustang. So a 2020 Mustang GT. Um, and I, you know, everything I get, I have to mod. So I, I may have, I lowered it and, and put wheels on it and, and lightly modded it because it's my company car so i couldn't do much uh, to it but it was pretty cool anyways uh, and then uh i've got different uh different cars i have um i mean I, i'm really into everything so I, i'd call myself a true car enthusiast because i have uh um, my recent car i have a, a lamborghini huracan um, which was a, a dream car of mine that i was finally able to get and nice so i got got that and it's got a lot of stuff done to it as well it's lowered body kit it's wrapped uh green color windows tinted it's got full exhaust tune you name it so uh, i've got that then so then on the other end of the spectrum i i, I even have a uh a 2006 evo 9 um, oh nice sweet so yeah and it's it's it makes uh quite a bit of power it's on e85 and it's a really really it's more of a car that i hang on to and collect because it's looks showroom quality new um, and it's the electric blue color so Ooh, anyways nice. mm, my, my like summary that. is that i i am i just have a passion for all kinds of different cars and then my final uh thing on my personal time would be you know obviously as we talked about earlier is i have a, a big passion for uh for fitness health fitness mm-hmm. uh working out um, so I kind of study that a lot in my spare time to be very highly educated on it. I've done it for a lot of years and I even, uh, you know, help, uh, help some people out as well, as far as from a coaching side. And, um, oh, so no, I, yeah, I, I've had a big passion for that. Do you do a lot of traditional type stuff or more CrossFit or I mean, what, what's you, do you do any like, you know, running or triathlons? What, what's your, what's your poison when it comes to that? Or does it vary over time? Um, so my, my passion's mostly in weightlifting. Okay. But, uh, so we, my wife and I actually, yesterday we went to our CrossFit place and did a class there. Um, I did CrossFit for about three years straight. My wife and I joined together CrossFit Catawba Valley here in uh, Hickory. Um, great place. I'm super, super good friends with, uh, uh, with the owners there. They're, they're awesome people. Um, and I still go, I, I go in there weekly. So CrossFit, um, and, but, uh, what I do now is probably a, uh, um, a functional strength program. I so see. I still do, uh, CrossFit a little bit. And what I do in my own time would be kind of incorporating in still mainly CrossFit. So that probably that would be the bulk of my, training but it would be a, a a little bit more of a weightless weightlifting biased you know form of of crossfit so basically like a functional bodybuilding so you kind of get the functional strength um, and all that stuff and then 
you know, do a little bit of what I, I joke and, and call the, um, uh, the bro stuff, you know, so you're getting a little bit of the, the bro lifting in for the, uh, for the aesthetics, AKA the, the pretty looking muscles. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, you know, the, the CrossFit, um, you know, and I go to CrossFit weekly and incorporate that in because that's kind of makes you a very well-rounded athlete and keeps you, um, just overall and uh, very good, well-rounded shape. Gotcha. Well, Matt, I, I certainly hope that one of these days you can drag yourself up off the couch and do something with your life. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound busy know, enough. Right? Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. That was exhausting. Just, <laughs> just listening just, to just it. Listening that. That's, that's, that's awesome. But that's, it sounds like you're making, you know, truly the, the most out of every moment, uh, that the good Lord has given you. And, um, and we appreciate, you know, the time that you've given us tonight. It's, it's been very meaningful for us. We've been very excited about having you on and, um, uh, you know, taking time to spend with us has been has been great. I've got one suggestion before we let you go, and I don't know if you guys are going to be able to do driver intros at Bristol, but here's an idea. Just hear me out just for a second. I thought of this earlier. So it's the last great Coliseum, right? And so yeah. you've seen the movie uh, Gladiator? Yep. Yep. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, you know, just put in the back of your mind, you know, I, I think that you guys are doing something beside the cars, but if that changes and you get to do a walkout, just maybe, maybe, I think that would be a crowd killer. I really do. And then when you win the damn thing, all right, you stand on top of the car and you say, are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> that, there you, that's it. So that's just a, just a little something. I think would play really that well. A, uh, that is a good, a good idea. I, I do miss the driver intros at Bristol. That was uh, that was a big element. That was always a lot yeah. of fun. It w- it was, and 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 I think everybody always enjoyed you know you doing that and the other guys that would you know it, it, and it's so much about the fans and um you know treating the the fans right and 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 we love what you and the other and so and many of the other guys do and you mentioned that a lot of the guys are down to earth and makes it so relatable and so enjoyable to us as fans and and that just goes right into tonight and and we can't thank you enough Matt we really really appreciate this and 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 we wish you the 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 most luck the very best of luck this weekend and we will be there uh cheering cheering you on and uh we would love to see you come across that line first i know not as much as you would um but man we 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 wish you the best and we really appreciate this yeah sounds good no no problem at all thanks for uh having me on that was a lot of fun hopefully we'll uh, go out there and put her in victory lane finally just you know for you guys since we'll uh, be there well it'd <laughs> be awesome it, it, and and when that happens matt you're gonna have to come on with us every week yeah <laughs> yeah no so, joke i mean that's hey, uh, 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 you know so not matt- to get off topic but my uh my uh owner of our crossfit place uh was joking with me because i didn't I wasn't going as consistently and I was kind of doing a lot of my own training and uh, stuff. And then I was like, man, I kind of miss going. It was a lot of fun. And so I started uh, a couple of weeks ago we were having all this bad luck and he joked, he's like, that's because you haven't been coming in again and going in weekly into there um, and doing CrossFit, going in with my wife and some friends. And it was immediately when our luck turned around and then he was like, see, I told you, I was like, well, crap, There's, all right, I'm coming yep. in every week. Every week, gotcha. There's something to that. There is. Well, again, thank you and uh, Andrew. Yeah, no, and thank you, Matt. Yes, good luck the rest of the year, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much, Matt. Matt. Right. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. See ya. All right. What an amazing interview we had with Matt DiBenedetto. Again, huge thanks to him for spending some time with us this evening, and that was just 
a- as good as we could have anticipated it being. He was very forthcoming. Uh, just a great interview. We really enjoyed having him on. And uh, absolutely, as we told him, we're going to be pulling for him hard this weekend at Bristol. But before we get into Bristol, let's talk a minute about Atlanta. Uh, all three series were in action this past weekend. So to, a quick recap of the action Atlanta we had. Ryan Blaney winning the cup race. Uh, Larson, Kyle Larson, was probably, you know, I mean, not probably, dominant. Dominated. Uh, all day long. And um, I think about 10, 12, 15 laps to go. Uh, Blaney caught him. And you know, I, I'm not sure what happened. He just, um, Larson's car just kind of went away there at the end. and Or was it Blaney's coming in? But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. It's good to see Blaney get a win. I'm very happy for him. That's great for for that team as well. Uh, another solid run from Larson. I mean, the, the kid's a special talent. Interestingly, um, Michael, yeah. fourth time he swept the first two stages, and then all four times never won the race. I recall hearing that yep. uh, during the race. So that's interesting. Uh, some foreshadowing. They jinxed him right there. And he and he said he thought that Blaney made him use his stuff up. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, so you know, yeah. good job. And and we saw that in a couple other races, or, or not a couple of it on the in the truck race with Nemechek and and, and Hill. So you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Travis, what do they need to do to Atlanta, Travis? They need to they need to repave it. Now, <laughs> let me let me say this because there's there's some stuff going on with Atlanta Motor Speedway. So they are wanting to build a casino at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But at this point, Georgia has laws against all kinds of gambling. And so, you know, the issue, I think, is they don't want to put all this money into Atlanta Motor Speedway, repaving it, reconfiguring it, until they get clearance to build this casino. That's going to take several years, I think. I don't think that racetrack has several more years in it. Yeah, we're lucky it didn't rain. The, I think I think that would have been a nightmare with the cracks and the weepers. And you saw a number of times, especially in the lower series where there's lack of or less experience. I shouldn't say lack of experience, but less experience. Man, those guys, if they didn't if they didn't split those seams, you hit a seam and it's going to go right toward the wall. And and you know those seams are getting bigger and bigger because the cracks are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and you saw. Not a lot of side-by-side racing all weekend long. And, you know, you talk to most of the drivers, don't pave Atlanta, leave it alone, leave it alone. But the adage is what's good for the drivers is usually not good for the race fans. And I know that if they repave it, we would have to suffer for probably three or four years while the track's seasoned. Uh, But I'd rather do that than the next time we go there or next year the track come apart and we lose a race that way. They're not going to have time to repave it by the time we get back there in July, but I'm hoping next year. And maybe, maybe they've got, I mean, if they could, somebody could figure out how to age a track artificially and maybe, maybe with some of the adhesives, PJ one or something like that, they could, but you're right, man. Every time they pave a track that next year is just everybody run around the bottom. Cause that's where it's fresh asphalt. So they're kind of in a, I can understand why they're in that position, but, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens second half of the year. And I tell you, the next race is when? July. July. It's going to be hot as hot. Oh, egg on What the were they thinking? And the, here's the other thing. So it was cooler in Atlanta on Atlanta. Sunday. And typically this package likes cooler weather. We didn't see better racing. I can't. And I'm, I'm a positive person when it comes to NASCAR. I'm sorry. I have a hard time believing we're going to see good racing there in July. Well, at least this will be the last time you have it, right? So whatever happens next year, it'll be a new package. So Yes. 
So let's talk about Michael. Did you have any thoughts about? No, I just repaving? just to, just to further. No, I have nothing to add on to what you guys have already said. I just wanted to further recap. Uh, in the Xfinity series, uh, we saw Justin Allgaier holding off Mark Trix to pick up the win there. I think that was a very meaningful uh, win for Allgaier. Uh, Trix certainly had yes. a Trix certainly had a good car, but uh, I, I I I doubt you'd be able to find too many people that were just like, doggone, I hate Allgaier one. Uh, I think everybody was happy about that win. Um, so, well, in a very then, different, you know, remember last year they won one race early and then struggled the whole rest of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how that team handles that. I mean, good for them. It was a good win for sure. Yep. But um, I hope, I, I guarantee you they're looking at how not to repeat last year. I mean, they still made the final four and had a shot on the last caution to go out and win that title. Sure. Uh, when we talked to Eddie about that, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how, how Junior Motorsports handles that. Yeah. And then in the uh, the truck race, uh, Kyle Busch uh, came across the line first. John Hunter Nemechek had a great night. Uh, a car, uh, sorry, truck owned by Kyle Busch, certainly, but uh, Kyle Busch got it done that night in the truck series at Atlanta. So that's, uh, I mean, that kind of wraps up. So, Atlanta real quick, Force. Travis, before we talk about the, the big elephant uh, in terms of, that's the third time we've used elephant tonight, in terms <laughs> of the Xfinity series, Nemechek the favorite for the title? I, I don't see how you can pick anybody else at this point. Um, he's been the most consistent, and I just believe that he's he's the favorite at this point in the truck series. Yeah, especially if Kyle Busch is racing, he's going to let him get those uh, the stage, stage wins. wins. Yeah, <laughs> the stage yeah. wins. That's yeah, that's certainly helpful. But I mean, even when he's not, John but you Hunter's know, the the, the, the counterpoint to that would have been if Kyle Busch wasn't in the race, John Hunter Nemechek sure. would have had those stage absolutely. Wins. Yeah, so absolutely so I don't yeah. I don't have as huge a problem with I, that. I, I don't either. I don't either. Um, I, and I, I, that's actually kind of a, I mean, it's a self serving move because he owns the team mm-hmm. but in the same way i don't know if you could use the word classy but you know it's a i don't have a problem with the move and i think it uh well those stage recognize what you just said yeah that john hunter would and it would those points were more important for john hunter yes. than they were for kyle, and kyle doesn't care about anything kyle. but the trophy right. Absolutely. he doesn't care about the stages so let's so, talk yeah. travis about hemrick and gregson right so hemrick is in his box gregson has to come around him Puts, gets angry, puts it in reverse, damages the non- nose of the 18, which ruined their day. Darn near hit the right front tire carrier. Did NASCAR do the right thing with him? No. Yeah, talk no, to me about it. absolutely not. I Should have parked him, I think. Look, NASCAR, I, I'm first to admit that I am on their side in most cases, but I'm sick and tired of coming in here every single week and talking about something that Noah Gregson did that wasn't a win. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sick and tired of him wrecking people. I'm sick and tired of him fighting with people. And I know Hemrick went and punched him in the nose. And, you know, he, Hemrick got what he wanted. I'm going to come um, sit with you, Andrew. I'm getting scared but over here. What really, He's getting really fired up. He is. But what really ticked me off, and I don't know if you guys heard this, Gregson did an interview on, I think it was, it was on FS1 after the race. And he basically said to Hemrick, he said, well, if I had the success in NASCAR he's had, I'd be mad too. It was taking, a cheap shot. Taking a shot that Henrik, Hemrick hasn't won a race. Grow up, dude. And I'm sorry, if you want a future in the Cup Series, good luck. Because if I'm a team owner looking for a driver, I'm not looking at you right now. Yeah, I think he's... I'm not sure if it's a maturity thing. You know, on the Dale Jr. download, mm-hmm. yep. I don't know, a few weeks ago, they were talking about this. And Dale said, I don't really, I don't really get involved in the day-to-day stuff. But he has sat down and talked to Noah a couple times. It sounded like, uh, if, if I'm Dale, which I'm not, obviously, but if I'm Dale, I'm saying, look, 
look, buddy, it's getting to the point now where you're reflecting poorly on this organization. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like when our parents used to say, when you go out of this house, you reflect our family, you better be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And, and we can live with, you know, I give Joey Logano a hard time or, or some of these guys that they're, are, are, in my mind, not particularly likable. But for the most part, the 22 is not going out there and putting his car in reverse and running it over people. He's not putting people in the fence. I mean, he, he might make, you know, like at Bristol last year where he... He cost, was it the 18, the race in, in mm-hmm. the 18's mind? Okay, fine. But, you know, he was, you know, that was his right to do. Was it the best move? No, but he didn't do anything wrong there. He just did something that, he just didn't do something nice. Gregson is not that way, or Gregson, I can't even pronounce yeah. it. It's spelled with an A, but it sounds like it's an E, whatever. I think he's on a short leash. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's shooting himself in the foot. Um, and I think NASCAR should have parked him. You know, you go back to the David Starr incident at at, uh, Homestead. Where he didn't deserve to be on the track with Carl Long. Well, I'm sorry. Look, NASCAR is an open invitation sport. And, you know, he should... Well, I've already hashed that incident. I'm not going to rehash it. But I'm not a Gregson fan. And he's got some talent. I mean, the kid can drive a race car. But it seems like... I I don't believe in karma. But boy, does it sure seem like karma's coming back to bite him for all the stuff he's done. So Yeah, well... and. I'm sorry, all of the all this stuff that he's doing is gonna come back and bite him because people are gonna quit working with him and they're gonna work against him. That's right. And you know, I didn't really have a problem with what happened on Pit Road until it got to the point where he almost hit the pit crew members. Yep. That's where I draw the line and that's where I think NASCAR should have put their foot down. I think he ought to be sat down for three weeks. That's my personal opinion. Because I think if he gets sat down and see somebody else drive his race car, it might open up his eyes. I know Michael might not agree with that, but it sure worked for Rowdy. It worked for Ricky Stenhouse. Now, Stenhouse didn't do anything deliberate. He just wrecked a bunch of race cars and kind of still does. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know... I would not want to be the fab guy at Darty, JTD Darty. He... He wrecked a bunch of race cars in the Xfinity Series. They sat him down for a while, and then he come back and won two championships. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Any, anything else, Michael, from your no, perspective? No, I, I don't. I, I, well, you know, I've seen the um, Junior Motorsports put out the video from the top of that. You know, that does give a different, and it was on Twitter. You could see it from a different angle, um, and Hemrick did overshoot his pit, and that caused Gregson to have to pull beyond his, and he had to back up. He had to back up. That was unavoidable, but he didn't have to go that far. And you can see the crew and running down the side pace. like, stop, stop. Right. It wasn't just, I'm, they're in a pit stop, and they are in a hurry. So I can see the ambiguity of the situation, but again, reputation goes a long way here. And knowing Noah's reputation, you would have to lean, or at least in my case, lean towards this being well and this is where it matters if that had been just an all guyer i don't think daniel hamrick runs down and punches him in the face no because sure. th- that would i mean and that's because first of all all yeah. would have got out of his car or had his crew chief or his spotter say dude yeah. i'm sorry i made yeah. a mistake yeah. can you please let the 18 yeah. know I, but again this is where how you race guys and how you treat people comes back to ha- to haunt you a bad reputation will follow you everywhere you go. And Noah has built that bad reputation. All right, we've beaten that horse to death. What do we think about Bristol, boys? I'm just excited to go. I, I hope that, I mean, it's going to be able to, it's going to go one way or the other. It's going to be a great success. 
um, or it's going to be a long night. Either, <laughs> either way, I think it's going to be a long night. But they have, I, I will say this, I think Bristol has done everything they could to prepare for the contingencies. They've had... They've had they've been racing on that surface now for uh, a few weeks. I want to say they've had different and different um, other classes of cars racing on that to see how the so now they're not as heavy as the cup cars and the trucks are going to be. Well, maybe some of those late models may be equitable to the trucks, but then the stock cars are going to be much heavier. That's the unknown there. But they'll learn a lot on Saturday. I think having the heat races is smart, and they practice on a, Friday too. Sure, and yeah. they'll have an. I think it's it's a it's an event. Is it a spectacle? Yes. Are the drivers excited about it? Well, Matt was when we talked to him. I think you know, obviously Kyle Larson's looking forward to it. You're going to have some drivers who are going to be comfortable. I'm looking forward to seeing the guys that you know maybe not be how they race in this race. It's going to be. I don't think this is going to be something we're going to see again for a long time so this is going to be like that first race um in indianapolis yeah e- everybody wants to win Yo, you want to say i won the dis- the bristol dirt race in 21 you know you want to have that trophy so i think it's going to be i'm again i'm glad we're going i'm glad we're going to be there to see it i'm excited to see what happens and you know i'm just going to keep an open mind on it and uh, hope for hope for awesome things and i think the track the track is i mean larson bell a lot of the guys that would know better have said that the track is really well maintained and those guys know what they're mm-hmm. doing. So you're yeah. right, there are some challenges, but I think you know they're going to have Friday night, Saturday morning mm-hmm. to have analyzed how those trucks and cars looked on it sure. Friday to prepare it. Um, and I and I guarantee you that Speedway Motorsports has the best dirt guys in the business being flown in from all over to work on that. So so I don't have any doubt that unless it pours rain Sunday that there's going to be a decent show. I think what I'm expecting with the truck race, I think you're going to see what you see at Eldora. You're going to see five guys with a chance to win. And that's about it. I think what I'm not sure of in the cup race, it's just going to be really interesting. You know, you had some of these guys that did the prelude to the dream a few years ago. Most Mm -hmm. of those guys have retired, but a bunch of them were terrible on dirt. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really interesting. I think, I think though what we were discussing off air, Travis was, I think if you're doing the random draw for qualifying, you don't want number one. Yeah, because I the agree. most points you can get, so you get ten points for finishing first, down through front one for tenth, and then you get points for passing every car above your starting position. So if you start one, you can only get ten points and mm-hmm. likely less. Whereas if you start fifth and race to second, now you get nine points plus the three passing points. Now you've got twelve. Um, so I think starting somewhere between third and sixth, if you're a decent dirt racer, like if you see Bell or Larson or Matty D, or one of these guys that has a lot of dirt experience starting in that mid-pack in their heat, watch out, because they're going to be up front right away in the feature. A couple things. I think we're going to see our seventh different winner this year. Mm. Um, There's an interesting thing going on in the truck series race on Saturday. Uh, Stuart Friesen drives the 52 Halmar International Toyota. GMS, right? Uh. Well, they're they're a subsidiary of subsidiary. Kyle Busch. Oh, Kyle Busch. Um, That's right. His wife is actually going to run. Oh yeah, that race. Is this Jessica the first? Friesen. Is this the first married couple that's ever run a NASCAR race? It's the first oh. married couple since Patty Moise and Elton Sawyer. Oh, I how do right. you know this stuff? That would have been the late eighties, right? Good I think gracious. so. Yes, but that's so going to be that's going to be interesting. And then you know, uh, Matt Benedetto of this podcast, your your brain fitness is. <laughs> 
I, I, I can't even. I'll just leave it at that. Well, I've had that stat in my head since last Tuesday. He's been waiting to pull that one. I out. have. I, I have. just. I have. That's a, I, um, I'm impressed, Travis. But the other thing, you got practice. You got practice on Friday. All of it's televised. I think it starts at three o'clock on FS1 for the Truck Series and the Cup Series. Heat races on Saturday begin at four o'clock for the Truck Series or four thirty. Six o'clock for the Cup Series. Those are going to be interesting. And they're going to be fast. 15 laps. Yes. On, green flag only. Green, fa- green flag only. And the truck race is at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Cup race Sunday, 3.30 on Fox. 250 laps, boys. Yeah, that's going to be a long race. Um, We're going to get our money's worth, for I, sure. It will also be interesting to see how well the sight lines hold up. You know, they will wet the dirt down and stuff at the beginning and hopefully in between the stages. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing about this non-competitive pit stops. Yes. Uh, they do. They're not going to have. So what will happen is at the end of, at a caution or at the end of a stage field is frozen. You come in, it's kind of like, you know, the old Saturday night special races. Also, you can only, as I recall, Travis, take fuel and tires at the stage breaks. Is that right? I think the way that this works is you can only do fuel or tires. Like you can't, you can't do both of them at the same time. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Either way, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very, uh, very, very interesting to see. I'm just going to pull it up real quick and real, see. Real quick, boys, give me some quick picks for this weekend. Who you got? Uh, for the Cup race, I'm going to go crazy on everybody. But let me explain this before I go crazy. Um, you taking Derek Cope? I, I am not. I think Derek got a fill. I got all he wanted at Daytona. What about Dave Marcus? Is he in it? No. Morgan Shepard? So this guy's run well at Bristol before. Um, he also uh, has run on dirt. He had a you know respectable showing at the Chili Bowl. Travis, do you know where I'm going with this? There's Any a couple. Idea? There's a couple different ways you could go with yep. this. Where what are you, what going? Do you think? I, I think you're. I think you're gonna go with somebody we just talked about a few minutes ago, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You're right. I am. I, I'm. Gonna, I'm just gonna go out on the ledge. Well, I, I obviously, I think we all would love to see Matt Matty D win, mm-hmm. but if Matty D cannot win, I think that's all of our picks can we kind of be safe in saying that yeah i, I mean for I, sure. absolutely yeah for so sure. with that being said uh my 1a or my number two is going to be uh ricky stenhouse what about for the truck series for the truck series um i'm gonna go kyle larson in that one yeah, and I, i'm just I, I i just don't i think uh i think he's gonna probably win one of these two races this weekend i'm leaning towards this likely gonna be in the truck race okay andrew yeah for the cup race you know you want to go with the hot hand with larson but um i'm actually going to say that we're not going to see their six different uh, winner. The first two-time winner this year is going to be... Michael McDowell. No, that would be fun. No, the uh, it's going to be Christopher Bell. Okay. For the cup race or the truck race? For the both? cup race. Uh-huh. For the truck race, I'm not sure. I think Bubba Wallace is going to run pretty well. Oh, okay. I think everybody would like to see that. Yeah. I, I think uh, Truex is going to run pretty well. He That guy just seems to... doesn't matter what you put him in. Harvick's in the race. Harvick's in the race. Um, I'm going to go, uh, Norm Benning. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I like it. I don't know who that is, but, uh, sounds good. No, who's the, who's I, the I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the four truck. I'm going to say John Hunter Nemechek. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb with both of my picks. I talked about him a couple minutes ago. I'm going to take Stuart Friesen to win mm-hmm. the truck race. All right. And I'm going to take, uh, I, we talked about this in the pre-show. I'm going to take Austin Dillon. To win the cup race. It's not a bad pick. He won on, okay. I think he won like last Friday night. 
up yep. there at Bristol in his, in his think, feature. I just I think like that. that and, and, and I'll give you a dark horse. I know he's put it in the fence the last couple of weeks, but watch Tyler Reddit. Yeah, he, man, I tell you, that RCR crew, and let's just give a quick shout out. I know we're long on time probably, but that 99 car. They're good. They're a good bunch. They're overachieving they are, they, for sure. They had a, mm. and then they sped, but mm-hmm. they still finished 16th. And I tell you what. They had a you know top six seven car at the end. They were good. Yeah. They weren't going to win that race. No, but they're an RCR affiliated team, and that whole organization has stepped it up. Yeah, yeah. they are, and I, I don't think that car is going to end up as pretty as it starts out. That's a good looking car. I like their paint schemes. Yeah, and yeah. and Every I will week, say I Pit think Bull I mean don't have no dog show up there. Chevy Chevy across the board. They have all, they don't have all the wins of course, but. If you look at Hendrick and RCR, they're yep. certainly outperforming. You know, it's not the Toyota and Ford dominance that we've seen yeah. in the past. Right. It's not Stewart. Out, no, 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 no. I mean, no. Gibbs I'm and Stewart Haas are, no. will be there at the end. But I think if you look across those two organizations, those three are run, those two organizations are running really. I mean, Hendrick yep. had all four in the top ten for a lot of that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, and we're going to have a lot to talk about oh, next yeah. week. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. We'll still be picking the dirt out of our teeth. We, yes. we will. And our ears are going to, you know, I don't know. We, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some good stories, I'm sure. Always, always something up there. And uh, good, looking forward to Copperhead Road and Sweet Knobs Lane. If you've ever been to Bristol and walked up on that side of the track from, from those, uh, those parking areas, you know what I'm talking about. There are two roads up there that intersect, and one's... One's sweet a copperhead, and, and the other one is a sweet knobs. Yeah. That's right. So anyway, uh, thank you again for joining us this week. We, uh, I'm still just thrilled about our interview that we had with Matt Benedetto. We thank him once again for the time that he gave us tonight. That was just wonderful, as, as amazing as we hoped it would be. And uh, good review of Atlanta, good preview for Bristol. And uh, we'll be back next week with Jerry Baxter. Jerry Baxter is the crew chief for... Petty Motorsports, uh, Eric Jones, the number 43 car. Jerry Baxter is going to be joining us for an interview. Um, and then we've got some we've got some pretty good, pretty good ones coming up, boys. Um, April the 5th, or the week of April the 5th. I'm still wrapping my head around this one. I was just I mean, this is amazing. Winston Kelly. Yeah, that Winston Kelly is going to be joining us on the show. He is MRN a, legend, uh, yeah. director of the Hall of Fame. And that guy, yep. Winston Kelly, is going to be giving us some time for an interview the week of April the 5th. That same week, or the following week, excuse me, the following week, we're going to be spending some time with a crew chief by the name of Kevin Boyce. And Kevin uh, lives up in the Illinois area, or the, uh, the, the Midwest, uh, maybe outside of Chicago. And he is a crew chief in the IMSA series for Marillo Racing. So he's going to be, well, I guess Max Pappas has some IMSA experience, but Kevin Boyce current crew chief they want they they don't run in the they they weren't in the they were at sebring and they were at the rolex 24 kind of in the precursor races so they're in i guess you would call kind of the minor leagues like xfinity Uh, yeah kind of the xfinity level of imsa uh but super excited to have him joining us and a member of their crew i think their their pit crew coordinator they're both going to be joining us that evening so that's going to be a great interview and then coming up later and I'm just going to start dropping hints cuz this is going to be this is going to be great for us and I think it's going to be great for our listeners so coming up in April we have an amazing interview scheduled and I'm not going to tell you who it is should we give I'm, a hint I'm going to drop I'm going to drop a hint and I'm going to drop a number hint oh this, I bet I know what the number the is the number is going to be what do you think it is I think it's 83 huh well it's not 
Oh, <laughs> it's not. The number I'm going to throw out there is the double deuce. Mm. Number mm. 22. So I'm going to just simmer on that for a while. 83 would also fit, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's okay. why. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they, now they, now they can look another. it up. Yep. So anyway, we're uh, we're going to be excited. we got a lot of awesome things coming up. And thank you so much for our, our listeners, folks that subscribe to our podcast. We we just can't thank you enough. Uh, we, we don't do this. I mean, we do this because we enjoy it. We have a passion for it. And we... Uh, you know, it's uh, something we've talked about doing for a long time, and I'm glad. I'm glad we decided to do it. I think we're doing a decent job at it, and people are wanting and agreeing to talk to us. And and I'm real proud of what we're doing. So Andrew and Travis, uh, awesome job uh, yeah. tonight and every night. So we're gonna head to Bristol. Look forward to talking to you guys uh, after bristol and by talking to you guys i mean our listeners because we're all three going to go together and uh, that's yep. going to be a great great time so we will see you next week again this was episode number 19 we really appreciate and give, give a shout out to adam peter shin once again our opening montage music uh, provided by adam peter shin you can follow us on twitter at nascar blind spot all caps nascar and then blind spot facebook at blind spot nascar and you can also email us with suggestions, comments, thoughts, or money, blindspottingpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. So once again, thank you for joining us. It's our pleasure to do this. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the events at Bristol, and we will see you next week on Blind Spotting. Blind Spotting.